So I believe that there is an argument to be made. That this is the same movie as Inception. No, I was going to say that Stanley Tucci wouldn't have gotten Devil Wears Prada without this movie, but tell me more, please. Okay, so all this Dream Within a Dream nonsense. This movie is a play within a play, like within a play. Well, it's there's only one play within a play, but please, go on. Well, no, there's like the play, but it's in a play, but it's in a play. No, there's only one play inside the play. I mm, need I need what? you to know that that's true. The fairies aren't a play? No, the fairies are just fairies. Hmm. Though I suppose there is an argument to be made that in this movie specifically, they may be just an elaborate group of cosplayers. <laughs> With one ass. <laughs> Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every single movie we own in alphabetical order. This week we did the one that we said we were going to do last Mid-summer. time. Midsummer. It's Night Dream. Midsummer's Night Dream. No, no Scandinavians in this no. one. No. Well. No bears. No. Either. No, this wasn't a winter's tale. None of the, the women in this are Scandinavian, you don't think? Okay, I suppose that the last name, like, Flockhart, it's quite possible. Mm. It's quite possible that Callista Flockhart has some Scandinavian descent. And with a name like Friel, it's possible that... They're basically all Scandinavian. Okay, to be fair, one of them's American, one of them's English. Not Stanley Tucci. They both had, they both had very good roles on TV shows that I enjoyed. Remember when Callista Flockhart was, like, one of the main cast in the first season of Supergirl? No. Playing, like... Oh, wait, she's the boss? Yeah, playing, like, Anna Wintour, basically. The best character in Supergirl? <laughs> but then they got rid of? Yeah. Well, to be fair, they were, do- they, they were essentially, the, that first season, doing the Black Widow parody trailer from SNL, where she works at a... Where it's a superhero working <sighs> in a magazine. But that's what made it fun. <laughs> she did give me... One of the lines that is just completely infiltrated my lexicon and that I can't get rid of anymore. Which is, that's new and different. What? That's from the first episode of Supergirl. Really? Yeah. Well, I think people she say says, that. She says, hot coffee, that's, just... that's new and different. She said, uh, but, but... That's definitely up there with florals for spring. Groundbreaking. Because they were trying to make her that Anna Wintour character, but like actually nice. Sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> this is a stacked cast movie. It came out in 1999. It's an adaptation Weird of a Shakespeare comedy. Weird that I've never heard or seen of it before. You've definitely heard of the play. Of the play, but not before. this movie. A lot of I don't know why you have this movie. I have this movie because well, I'm... Well, I know why. <laughs> because I'm me. Because you're a nerd. Yeah, I loved this. We studied this in my 10th grade uh, English No class. one's supposed to like studying Shakespeare. It's so cliche. <laughs> I love studying Shakespeare because he's so influential. Lame. And because he the dude is witty. The dude is witty. Is he? Yes. Really? Okay, so now in my my twenty-eighth year of life, I'm like, this is just like dad uncle jokes. Like this is like You're scowling because it's true. And Why st- do we give it so much praise? They still funny. It's still funny. Mm. 
Mm. Mm. It's lots of puns, and puns are fun, but there are also, like, really poignant moments. The problem with this one being, of course, that because they wanted to get it in that very nice two-hour and 20-minute runtime, they cut all the poignant moments. They cut Puck's monologue at the end in half. I have to say, at this point in time, would not have been done. They would have gone longer, because you have things like the Snyder Cut. (laughs) Jesus. But it's also weird. It's like... Okay, there's also, like, the 60s when they had, like, the 10 hours of the Ten Commandments. It was like, well, that's because people weren't cowards and would do intermissions and move and I feel shows. like we're going it's, back it's, to that. It's because, well, somewhat, because of because of streaming, people are, like, more willing to put longer stuff out there. But, like, and like Tarantino will do an intermission sometimes, but, like, we don't want to be Tarantino all the time. But we do want an intermission. If it's going to be long. I think an intermission is a great thing that more people should implement. Because, like, look at, like, David Lean's movies. Like, look at friggin' Dr. Zhivago and Lawrence of Arabia. You know what they have? Intermissions. That last Avengers movie really could have used one. God, yeah. I sat through that whole thing in my little seat, dehydrated and sad. Me and Chris had to use Run P because we did drink, like, a lot of soda. I didn't move. Not at all. I am impressed that you didn't move. Listen, I, I think a lot of movies would be better as miniseries at this point. <laughs> and, and frankly, I love The Irishman, but it's much easier to watch as a miniseries. Now, will it's one I, of your worst traits, I'll say Will that. I spend an afternoon watching The Irishman? No. Yes, you've I would seen me do not. it multiple times. It's horrible. You like that movie. It's got some good moments, but I wouldn't choose to sit there and watch it. By myself. Which is why I typically put it on when we're doing stuff around the house. No, you don't. I've done that a couple... Okay, I put it on when you're doing stuff around the house. And I just ah. want to veg out and watch a movie. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I suppose you could do that with. Mm, I don't know. You could. I don't know if you'd want to do that. It's very visual. Adapting Shakespeare is all in the visuals at this point because there there's like all the interstitial bits that you add in where like the di- where you fill in the moments between the dialogue. Like I think about Bottom coming home to his disappointed wife <laughs> soaked in red well, wine. Well, it just makes me think of reading like Shakespeare and then we watched Hamlet with David Tennant. Oh, the David Tennant it's the Hamlet. Best. And, it's not the best, well, but it's very good. It, de- it definitely opens it up a little more, and you're like, oh, this is why we're reading it, because it's meant for people to act out, and it's better that way, honestly. Yeah, but there, there is, like, a two... That was a two-parter, right? Like, I'm pretty sure they split that into... I don't think we watched the whole thing, but... Why wouldn't you? Not enough time in a day. Okay. The di- But Patrick Stewart... That would take a multiple Patrick classes. Stewart played both Claudius and Old Hamlet. Anyway, what I'm saying is... He was Shakespeare's so Shakespeare's meant to be seen. Not just read. <laughs> I, I think in our Shakespeare class in college, we spent like a week on like each play. Not not all of the plays. What? Because there were so many of them. But the Shakespeare... You cl- took a Shakespeare college class? Yeah, I did take a Shakespeare college class. That's cute. It was fun. I wrote about... I don't remember what I wrote and about. And I bet you didn't read the whole thing. Listen, that's life as an English You got major. a degree for... Books you didn't read. <laughs> what what you do as an English major is you read bits and pieces of all the Ugh, of all of the different that. stuff, and then you latch on to one book from each it. course, and that becomes your favorite. Which is why I really liked Gone Girl. <laughs> that was a good find. I'll say that. I, I, 
That was nice. Everyone had read it, but I was like, a, a, a lot of people had read it at that point, but reading it specifically in that class context. I think. And that, because I think you literally caught me reading it and were like, is that good? And I was like, yes, it's very good. You need to read it. That's the only book you've handed me that I think I finished in like two days or something crazy you like can't that. can't put it down. No, it's hard. It's rare to find those. And I love those kind of books. I can't remember the last time I read something like that besides that. I feel like Magic for Liars has kind of been kind that of close. It's not quite the same. But it's still like something that you don't want to like stop reading. Yeah, the is I'm we don't pretty have time far into it. it yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Stacked cast. You got, and I'm going to get his name wrong. <laughs> is it Dominic Cooper? The gay guy? Which gay guy? Oh, sure. Fine. Oh, are you thinking Rupert Everett? That one, we got that one. O- Oberon? As the, the fairy king who is very clearly in a gay relationship with Puck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rupert Everett. You got Stanley Tucci. You've got Anna Friel, a.k.a. Chuck from Pushing Daisies as uh, Hermia. You've got Calista Flockhart, Han Solo's wife as Boy, Helena. that was a good find. <laughs> I didn't know that until know. you looked her up. Thank you, Google. Christian Bale. Baby Bale. Oh, yeah, Baby Bale. Like, not as baby as Newsies, but definitely he babier looks... than Batman Begins. I get it. When you watch stuff where he was young, you're like, oh, this is why everyone's obsessed with him. He's so good, though. But yeah, also Little Women, though. Yeah, he's yeah. cute in Little Women. Uh, you, you got the guy who plays Theoden as a bad dad. You've got Michelle Pfeiffer as a fairy queen. Yeah, that was... Kevin Klein as probably why anyone watched this movie. Yes, Kevin Klein as a dumbass actor. Roger Rees as his. Now you just name people, no one knows. People should know Roger Rees. No, I don't know. People should know Roger Rees. What does he do? Lord John Marbury from The West Wing. He's the British guy from The West Wing who calls. Well, remember that one guest episode. Excuse me, it was. It was literally named after him. Okay, he recurred still, several times throughout the like series. Three times. He called Leo Gerald and flirted with Abby. It's <laughs> it's very good stuff. And Sam Rockwell. Yeah, everyone knows, everyone Sam, knows Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Also, like in 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 like character actor he inventories. He looks the same, but there's like less wrinkles on his face. Very That's, strange. So, like every human who ages. No. <laughs> no. And he, in particular, looks very much the same. One for my particular proclivities, he had Bill Irwin, who was a really great, like, physical and comic Ooh. actor. The guy who, the guy from uh, Legion who played Carrie, the, uh... Oh, the, yeah, the clown guy. Who, who studied as a clown, yeah. So he has, like, a very good physical comedy presence. He's a very funny guy. I like him a lot. And, for my very particular proclivities, Howard Strathairn... As Theseus. You just say these names like people know what you're talking about. Howard Strathairn, who who was in Lincoln, who is in Nomadland, and who... who, That's not helping. He's he's one of those character actors who shows up in just a shitload of stuff, and who who was, in my favorite role, was Clays Ashford, first mate of the behemoth on the expanse, Beltalona. Which is a great show that you all should be watching. The Expanse. The Expanse? The Expanse. <laughs> Listen, I pronounced it wrong like five times. Oh, sure, we'll go with five. <laughs> times 20. But that's the fun thing, I think, about Shakespeare adaptations. Is you see all these actors who 
have like pretty big and solid careers outside of this, just tear into it. Yeah. You know? So it's still set in Italy, but... Well, to be fair, it was set in Greece originally. It, it's uh... set in Athens, but pretty much every everywhere that isn't England in a Shakespeare play is basically just Italy. Mm-hmm. Like Denmark, Italy. Think so? No, but Denmark. Okay. Denmark was Denmark. How? Denmark. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He all, all his comedies are like set in Italy. Yeah. You got and some of the tragedies. I mean, do you think that just set up the whole opera thing where all the operas are in Italian? No, I think operas were just an Italian baby. It's because Italian people Why? made them. No, uh, German people made them. Yes, and those operas are in German. No. The Mozart has several operas in Italian, doesn't which, he? Which, no, they're in German. Yeah. Magic Flute is in German. Okay, and there's Flader Mount. Oh. German. Oh, I swear he's got Italian operas. I, I, I don't think that he does. I think you think he has operas written Hold by on. Italian people. <laughs> and I'm sure there's, like, Russian operas that are in Russian, too. Those aren't real. Romeo and Juliet. Is that a ballet or an opera? I know that the Marriage of Figaro, which I'm pretty sure is in is it Italian? It's in Italian. I'm pretty sure. Let's let's be very yeah clear. Italian libretto. Oh, written by Lorenzo da Point. Okay, so he okay maybe he collabed. So, I think he collabed. So on the so Italian he wrote ones. the music, but but yeah. an Italian man wrote right the, a collab wrote the, the libretto. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Now we, now we're on straight. This one is very leading into like 19th century Italy. Late 19th, early 20th century. Yeah, Italy. if you didn't know it was Italy, you'd probably just think it was like England. Somewhere in the countryside, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically once, England. Well, once you get to all the countryside stuff, it is. It's, you know, it's hard to just talk about the plot of this because it's a Shakespeare comedy. The plot's nonsensical. Like, it, it's it's not. There well, are like layers to it. It makes there, sense. It's, it, in a way, it is, it is very hero's journey in that you cross from like a liminal... From like a real world to a special world. Yeah, like I can do it the first all in like act. two cents. It's like a, a, it's all about like the liminal spaces between like what's real and magic and how love itself might be what's I the most. I guess magical. they weren't full of me or anything. I was like, okay, there's some dumb fairies in here. Well, to be fair, the costumes were made to look raggedy. See, I think this would be better on like oh, and as an actual play would be more fun maybe. Mm, actual play like a D and D podcast. No, so, not no. So you rolled. No, no, no. So Puck rolled badly. I did have that one podcast suggestion about Shakespeare. Do you remember? Oh yes, I do remember. I that. don't remember what it was about, but it I was remember just it was us doing Shakespeare. Just us doing Shakespeare plays. Yeah, that's why we don't have it. Because it's eventually it would just be us yeah. doing Shakespeare plays. There'd be a lot of voices to cover with two of us. Yes, and like three of our. Not friends. that we couldn't do it. We absolutely could. I do it all the time for the dogs. it's uh i think there are some of this where i don't know if it was just the budget they were working with or if they specifically like it did feel like i had that indie feel didn't it but or if they yeah or if they like specifically wanted like a hokey aesthetic to it like i think (laughs) specifically of like when the when oberon makes lightning strike near titania's like revels and like you can see the rocks rumbling before the lightning strikes. Right, it's almost like you could like very feel clearly... someone behind them shaking one of those like uh, what do you call it? Like noise thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes and, like the thunder noise. And it's and it's it's almost like they really wanted to evoke the aesthetics of the stage play when they were in the forest, 
But they did not anywhere else. But I think that makes sense because once you get into the forest, that's where you are in the special world, in the magical world. And I think the only way to maybe it's I don't know, maybe it's like a tribute to the magic of the theater in a way that didn't Meh. quite come across. No. Like if I wanted that, you would just watch like a filmed version of a stage production right. or something like that. Which watching this did make me want to watch like some of the Cats. better filmed versions of stage you want to watch 1990 some of the better filmed versions of stage shakespeare like i wanted to watch the david Tennant and Catherine tate much ado about nothing because it was hilarious right right that part in cats when mr mistopheles turns back the lights on yes that's Mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's all cats everything is cats right i think cats caught maybe they took some lessons from the cats costumers a little bit in some places i I wish they had (laughs) could have done much better with the donkey yeah. But she had to... To... Mm, the donkey. <laughs> well, yeah. Titania canonically fucks the donkey. Hmm. Like, that's the entire thing, is they, they, they have her fuck the donkey to humiliate her. Which... That's messed up. Okay. Let's be... Let's... Let's consider sure, let's Shakespeare pre- is a man writing in the 16th it's not century. An it's, it's not, not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. But, like, you can I know understand- why. But I don't think I need to make any exceptions for him. Mm. There were also some parts of this that did get quite male gazy, huh? Like, uh, okay, the whole thing about the girl falling in love with him first, and then him being like, "No, I'm too good for you. I love blah blah blah." Hermia. I want to. Well, he doesn't. Uh, Hermia. It's it's like he doesn't even like love her because it's no, not very clear. It feels like he wants daddy's the- money. Well, and he wants to best his friend. Lysander, yes. Yeah. Lysander was like one of my favorite characters in <laughs> high school because he's just a nerd. Lysander No, he's is... not. Yes, he is. He's a poet. He's he he's a poet. He's he's a horny poet who thinks that he who thinks See, that his poetry makes catch, him worth something. I didn't catch on that he was a poet because everyone speaks in poet in this in this play. Yeah, they speak in verse. They all speak in poet. So how am I supposed to know he's a poet? Because he spends a lot of time in like long-winded metaphors and stuff. What? It's how more, does that make? It's does more he obvious. specifically say, I wrote this for you? Well, so, okay. Aegeus, Hermia's father, talks about how he used his pretty words to lure her. Ew. Yes. Well, she, he puts it that way. It just means that he, that she... I don't like don't it. it. But they, they, and the thing is, they cut so much of the, the contextual stuff. Like, Puck's beginning monologue, I think they cut, like, 60% of it. Where he's like, yes, I am that spirit. And sometimes I'll make a Philly fall. I'll, I'll hide near a stallion in the guise of a Philly fall. And make him neigh and neigh and neigh. And like, yeah, I'm glad they cut that. Listen. I, I like Puck being Yeah, I know. You like them all. I like Puck a lot. I think one of the funniest bits in this movie is when Puck is confronted with a bicycle for the first time <laughs> and drops everything and pokes it with a stick because he's not sure what move it's going to make oh, next. Man. Because Stanley Tucci is a great comic actor. Oh, I love that man. I want to drink a Negroni with him. Okay. And like... Puck dressing up in Lysander's clothing and then riding away on his bicycle. <laughs> also, just God. top t- You see, it's 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 the little grace notes like that, you know, that can really make a Shakespeare adaptation sing. It's like, what are you doing with the anachronisms? How are you how are you interpreting the exits and entrances on the stage? And now 
But there are other things that can drag it down too, like turning the scene where Hermia and Helena are slinging mud at each other in the form of verbal insults into a very male gazy mud fight. Was it? Uh, I mean, they're okay. They're two women in nightgowns covered in mud so? that is making them stick to and hug their bodies. There is, there is a certain. I don't know. There is a certain connotation to a scene like that. And notice how the men only get mud on, like, their legs and stuff. They don't get it on their entire bodies. They don't get covered in it. Like, I'm just saying Dominic West and Christian Bale. By the way, I said Dominic Cooper earlier. earlier, It's definitely Dominic West. Listen, it's not my fault that English Boys looks the same and has the same names. Sure. Sure. But they, they only get it, like, on their legs. It's like, I don't know. But you didn't think it was that male Gacy? Not that part. Which which part did you think was male Gacy? The weirdest part was when they wake up and it looks like they all had an orgy. They're all just randomly naked in the field. Because pot Is that position, in the play? Um, they're supposed to be found in a compromising position, yes. Okay. Where it's, it's, it's very heavily implied that they fell asleep and that they did hook up the night before. Like all four of them in the same spot? Yes, they're all found in the same oh, spot okay. by Theseus on his wedding day hunt. Weird. Yeah, and but it says, you know, he says something Whoa, about them partaking in the revels. that was on rebel- the same day? Yes, in the revels So they spring. found them, they're like, you guys should get married too. And they were like, yeah. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Messed up. It is. Very, but I mean, it fits, it fits well, though. I, I mean, I get it for the writing purposes. It's a Shakespeare comedy. Multiple people have to get married at the end of it. Oh my gosh. This happens in other places? Well, not exactly like this, but yes. Yes. Much Ado, they get married at the end of it. Two different couples, I think, get married at the end of Much Ado. I think Merchant of Venice is just one. I think The Tempest is two different couples getting married. That's a comedy? The Tempest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Though there are It's not about reason. rain. Well, rain is the is mm-hmm. the beginning action of it, I suppose. It's the it, titular role. It's, it is the titular role. <laughs> I think this is a good place. To go yeah, and grab a, yeah, go. Let's go grab a snack. Have you ever tried to listen to actual play podcasts only to find out they sound like this? <laughs> Here at Green Mountain Mysteries, we have the solution. We are an actual play podcast that takes it very seriously, and also one of our players is a butt doctor. We swear it's good. Green Mountain Mysteries, every other Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Okay, so I was talking about the little changes that you can make in the adaptation of a thing, right? Uh-huh. Now, I think some of the cuts made sense. Like, I feel like cutting the mechanicals play down a lot makes sense, though. I feel like for the first time in a long time, I really, like, got the mechanicals part. Like. When you say mechanicals, what do you mean? Oh, sorry. The um, in the uh, in the sc- in the uh, script in the original play, mm-hmm. all the uh, the the actors and stuff they're referred to as the rude mechanicals, as in men who work with their hands. So like they're not actually artisan artists; they're just common folk who are trying to take advantage of this opportunity to the get people a play in the play. 
Yeah, in the play, in the play within the play. Okay, the playception. Yes, exactly. And I feel like that hit harder for me as an adult than it did in high school. What? Why did it hit anyway? Well, because the way that they interpret this, the the choice that they make where they have, oh God, I forget the name, but the they have the guy who's playing Thisbe act it like so straight at the end rather than comic. And, like, give, like, a genuinely compelling performance. Maybe that's just because they hired Sam Rockwell for it. But, yeah. Probably. But, like, I think there's some poignancy to that. But there's also some poignancy to this is an opportunity to escape from the drudgery of our lives. We've got you know, to, let's take advantage of this. It's It really speaks to people who, like, don't live to work, but, like, kind of seek entertainment in their hobbies and in creating things. Because they do seem like ex- extreme goofballs when you meet them the first time. Yes. And they're in the town square or whatever. And then when you fast forward to the play, they are like taking it seriously and trying to do their best. Even though a lot of them are pretty incompetent. Yeah. Yeah, they are hobbyists for sure. Yeah, not they're hobbyists. actual actors. But there's something like refreshing about it. I mean, I will say, and I've just always thought this, I hate Bottom so much. Yeah, he's, I don't really understand the he's function. He's a character design. I mean, I do. Well, but... he's designed to have a punchable face, basically. Like, he's... well, and to make the fairy lady look bad. Ex- exactly, which but, sucks. You see, he's he's meant to be this like haughty guy who thinks that he's the hottest shit in the world, and like the the best at he is at what he does. When in fact, he's the worst he is. But I do like the fairies' lovers quarrel. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Even if it's not super convincing in this movie. Yes, because Rupert Everett is just so. I mean, I think he, I think he plays that like ethereal androgyny pretty well. Yeah, he didn't do it badly, but it's not. But I don't it's know. clear that the chemistry is between him and Puck, not him and <laughs> not him and Titania. I thought Michelle Pfeiffer did a convincing job as like a fairy queen. Oh yeah, I thought she was yeah, great. she did good. But at this, um, I also just want to say I like how they expand Hippolyta's role with the blocking, in a lot of ways, like. She only has, like, four or five lines in the entire yeah. fucking thing, which is how it was written originally. Like, she's... The entire concept is that Theseus, as it... And, yes, the Theseus from, like, the labyrinth has conquered the Amazons and, as a result, as a prize, is marrying their queen, Hippolyta. So, is this set in ancient Greece? And... Yes. Okay. Yes. Just like Caesar? <laughs> I wish you could all see these faces. It's very good. Why do you hurt me? <laughs> like this, you know. It's Julius okay. Caesar. It's I'm set very, in Rome. I'm very happy that I made that bad, bad connection. But in my brain, it wasn't saying that they were the same place. It was saying it was the same kind of play. If that, does that make no. sense? No. Yeah, like a it's historical not the drama. Same kind of play. Oh, yeah, that was a tragedy. A real it's bad a tragedy. Then there's the also, clock. One yeah. of them is set in in mythical times with Theseus. <laughs> oh, One of them is those ab- aren't real. Julius Caesar is about an oh. actual historical Wait, are you event. Saying, are you saying the ancient Grecians aren't real? I feel like it's like the whole Jesus thing where it's like... It's okay. Fake, fake story, real people. So like evidence... Okay, so stuff like Theseus and the Minotaur... Probably is, is a folktale, some, probably based on something that actually someone... Probably a guy who got gored by a, a, a bull. bull, and they were like, you know what, we're going to turn this into a fable and honor him forever. 
but there's there's also like things like the Trojan, where we're pretty sure. Yeah, there's a Trojan the tro- horse, right? Well, no, we're not sure about the Trojan horse, but we're pretty oh, really? sure that, that the Trojan War did occur because we found evidence of a city on the Dardanelles that was like near the Dardanelles Strait that would have controlled the trade through it that was burned down several times throughout its history with evidence that there like was a major conflict there at around the time that Homer uh, the, the Homer poets would have been writing about, you know? You know, Kanye really messed me up on that one. Keep it 300 like the Romans. Mhm. Yeah. We we can blame Kanye for a lot of stuff, can't we? We sure can, but we shouldn't. Well, I think I am just about ready to rate you think so? Yeah, I think so. What are we rating? <sighs> scrappy puppies. There is a nice little scrappy Heat puppy cute. in it. We should probably rank out of donkeys. Yes, I give this two and a half out of five donkeys. Whoa, I was not expecting I that. I liked this a lot more in high school. Like, I, I just did. It's, there. There is so much evidence of, like, pretty sloppy filmmaking throughout. Like, there are some cuts that make no sense where it looks like time has passed, but then clearly in the next shot it hasn't. There's just... It's messy. It's so messy. It's fu- it's a fun adaptation, but it doesn't do too much. It cuts the parts that I think are important and leaves in parts that I think aren't. It's. It feels like a rich kid had a film project and was just able to make it just nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's not inaccurate. All right, give me yours. I think 2.2 donkeys. Did you lower your rating because yep. I gave it a 2.5? I sure did. I'll be T- honest. Tell me what your real rating is going to be. I was going to do 2.5. <laughs> I figured I couldn't get... I feel so, like, like you a, had more emotional attachment to it. It's a perfectly fine middle-of-the-road Shakespeare adaptation. Yeah, it wasn't you know? miserable. It's It would make it a little I more honestly, entertaining for high schoolers to watch. Though. I would almost give it a 3. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. Which I guess my rating should be different. different. The ratings mean nothing. The ratings have never meant anything. <laughs> Let's be completely honest. We do this just to gauge a general feeling. Like <laughs> They're completely biased. Exactly. I don't know what we're watching next. Do you want Mid-summer. me to find out? We don't own We're ordering it. it right now no, on Amazon. I don't, I don't want to do that right now. Oh, man. It also would be alphabetically before this one, so it doesn't they, even work. They don't work. know the alphabet. They know the alphabet. Okay, I'm looking. what's next? Hold on. I'm looking. <laughs> I can't move very fast <laughs> because my legs are sore. Are we still in the M's? Yeah, no, we still got several more M's. Mm. I don't know how happy you're going to be about this next one. Oh, no, we I already did a bad one. So excited about it. Mm. So let me tell you. Oh, no. About my good friends, Simon Pegg and Rebecca Ferguson and... Simon Pegg, he's the one on uh, the American Idol thing? No, and Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. And, yeah, those are... those. Superman starts with an S. It's not Superman. There is one more friend who I haven't brought to the party yet. Who, I just want you to think about Simon Simon Pegg and Henry Cavill Mm. right now. Before I bring this other friend to the party. Mm. Oh, Simon Pegg from the, uh, the zombie movie. Yes. He's in this one, and I want you to consider that... 
as I tell you what this mm. what this movie is. And let me bring in one more guest. He's dropping out of a plane from a, a low altitude orbit. He's halo jumping through a thunderstorm. His name is Tom Cruise playing uh, mm. Ethan Hunt. It's Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh no! It's it's the one where Henry Cavill has a mustache that, though. Uh, Henry Cavill being in it helps. Where he but... cocks his fist. Where there's a helicopter uh, chase. It's so oh, good. I'm no. so excited. No, no, no! I'm gonna fall asleep. It, it only gets worse after this. Well, actually, no. You what? get. A, it, listen. The, the okay. There is a technicality where we could technically watch the the first season of the Mindy Project if we wanted no, to. No, that's too much. It's too it's much. Not a it's too that's much a TV. work. It's too much work. This is a movie podcast. All right, listen. This the M's are really such a one for me, one for you situation from here on mm, out. Though, see, it sounds it's like more a two like it's for been you two situation. For me, yeah, because it was Midsummer Night's Dream, and then also the movies that I like, you always like. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, actually, the next the. Let me just tell you what our next run after this is. It's Moana, <gasps> which is very exciting. Oh boy. And I love it very much. It's got something for it's both of us. It's going to be like a two-hour episode. And then the one after that, I'm very mm. scared to tell you what it is. Why don't you just save it for the next episode? I'll save it for the next episode. We're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. There are lots of other shows like Them's the Facts, Green Mountain Mysteries, Sorted, and Pokemakers. All of them putting out new and fun episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check it out at pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Our music is by the Organ Machines. Yes, it's from their first EP, Parallels. It's a track called Oil Waves. It's a fun song. Song about a summer. And it's becoming summer here. So, like, well, no, actually, it's becoming spring. (laughs) Wow. But, listen. (laughs) Tenuous connections here on the Thursday night recording Mm -hmm. session. Yeah, so until next time. I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more DVDs. This never how you knew it. Nobody was sad at that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your head. Saying I never saw the Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.